Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 7. If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reverence of the reading, reading of the Word of God? Hear now the Word of God. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Senteki to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4, rejoice and the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this to wake you up. Rejoice in the Lord, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we know there's no preaching without praying. And there's no praying, there's no um, preaching without your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, do I have study, but I need your help. Do I have prepared, but I need your strength. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me, mold me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, will be acceptable into your sight. O oh Lord, my rock, my Savior, and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And the church say amen. amen. You may be seated. I want to preach from this subject, don't worry. Somebody say it with me. Don't Two people say this. Don't worry. It is said this, the average person's worry is focused on 40% on things that will never happen. 30% on things about the past that can't be changed. 12% on things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. Can I get some Haitian amen on this? 10% about health, which gets worse with stress. And 8% about real problems that will be faced. In case you all miss it, let me run it back to you. 40% on things that ain't never going to happen. 30% on things that we talked about this last time I preached. Sister Elsa said, let it go. Because the past is in the past. 12% on things about criticism about others. Mostly untrue. 10% about Health, which only gets worse because which we are stressing. And 8% about real problems that we will face. 
worry, worry, worry. How many of us Christians have lost our joy and peace simply because we worry? In this chapter, chapter 4, Paul tells us that the secure mind, the mind that is guarded by the peace of God, frees us from worry. Let me say this again. The mind that is secure, which is the mind that is guarded by Christ, by the peace of God, that if your mind is guarded by the peace of God, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. That's bad English, but that's good preaching. If your mind is guarded by the peace of God, not by the peace of NATO, not by the peace of the governor, not by the peace of the president, but the peace of God. Ooh. If that's what's guarding you, you got nothing to worry about. Um, in chapter 1, in case you guys haven't noticed, we are coming to the end of Philippians. We're in chapter 4. There are only five, four chapters. In chapter 1, we talk about that mindset, that single mind. And because, of course, Paul, because of the believer, does not have that single mind, in chapter 1, that's why they worry. But if you have that mindset in chapter 1, that mindset that focuses on Christ, you don't have to worry about if you have the submissive mind in chapter 2, the mind that is of Christ Jesus, then you don't have nothing to worry about. If you have the mind, the spiritual mind in chapter 3, then you have security. So, but, but, but see, for that to happen, we must live what Paul described in chapter 1, 2, and 3. You have the mind of Christ, you have the submissive mind, and you have the spiritual mind. You, you, you have to have that mindset in order for you to live this. If anybody had an excuse to worry, it's Paul. If anybody had the right to worry, it's Paul. After all, his beloved Christian friends in Philippi were disagreeing with one another. Um, and he was not there to help them. You see, it's not just here we have women problem. In the Bible, the ladies were fighting too. You guys see it in verse um, um, 2 and 3? You, you guys see it? Uh, those are two women that was fighting. And, and they were disagreeing. Paul said, listen, uh, uh, um, talk with those girls. Talk with the women. And, and can I say a word parenthetically? If you're in Christ, ladies, you have to learn to forgive one another and live with one another. Okay. All right. I, I can get no help, but that's all right. We don't have any idea what they were going through, but we know that they had an issue. And it was an issue enough that Paul had to write about it. And watch what Paul says in verse 3, at the end of it, it says this, their name are written in the book of life. If your name are written in the book of life, you can't measure and minor. If your name is written in the book of life, just because somebody don't like your haircut doesn't mean that you no longer fellowship with them. I can't get no help. If your name 
is written in the book of life. You have to stop being petty. The problem is, we are more prone to be petty than to realize that my brother, my sister, you and I have the same father. And so therefore, we can't be worried. And Paul had all those reasons to be worried, but, but, but it didn't stop there. There were potential division Paul had to face among the believers in Rome. We saw that in chapter 1. Added to this, Paul was in the possibility of being, of facing his own death. Yes, Paul had every good excuse to worry, but he did not. Instead, Paul took the time to explain to us and said, like Bob Marley said, I, I know y'all young, young, young people don't know what Bob Marley was, but he says, don't you worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. See, see, all of you who at least were born in, what, 1990, you know, you know who Bob Marley was. You know, all the reggae stuff you listen to now, that, no, that Bob Marley was the original. He says, don't you worry, that's the gospel right there, about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. And, and, and the reason why, I don't know where Bob Marley got that from, but the reason why you and I can say those words with, any trepidation, it's simply because of who we know, of because who God is. If God is my God, if God is your God, you can say, don't you worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. But now, now you say, Pastor Perry, that's good and fine, but what is worry? I'm glad you asked. The word refers to a troubled state of mind resulting from concerns about sin, current or potential difficulties. The, 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 the word worry, it, 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 it referred to a troubled state mind resulting from concern about current or potential difficulties. It comes from an old English word that means to strangle. It, it, it was used to refer the practice of wolves killing sheep by biting them around the neck, thus strangling their prey to death. In other words, what worry does, worry comes, and, and picture this as your neck, worry comes and bite you around your neck and suck the life and the blood out of you and worry comes to kill you. But praise be to God. Praise be to God. My Jesus, take care of all my worries. Worry certainly does certainly strangle people Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Too many of us are being strangled with issues that we have no control over. There are things that we cannot control, but yet we continue to worry about them day and night. You know the sad part is? Our kids are mimicking our warrior ways. They see we worry about everything. They become, they worry about things too. But see, we can't be worried. The, the Bible term, uh, um, be anxious or be careful, literally means to torn apart. Worry comes when the thoughts in our mind 
and feelings in our heart pull in different direction and tears us apart. Did you guys hear what I said? The mind thinks about problems and these feelings weigh down the heart, creating a vicious cycle that wrecks our emotional state. When things come to our minds, when things come to our mind, and then now we begin to tremble, we begin to, 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 to tremble. You're shaking things. It may not show physically, but emotionally, that things weigh so heavy on you to where that now you are in a state emotionally you are not able to function. And, 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 and can I say this parenthetically enough? Gossip creates this about us. Worry about what people said. Last time I checked, they didn't die for you. They didn't birth you. They didn't die for your sins. They could not forgive your sins. Who cares what they think? We live in a state where we are looking for our validation from people who got no business saying anything over us. Hey, you know, if you're not friends with certain group, you got worried, you can so worry so much you don't want to go to school. If you're not certain social circle, you don't want to come to church anymore. Nah. Nah, bro. Nah, sis. <laughs> it didn't like that. Um, worries is the troubled state mind resulting from concern about current or potential difficulties then what caused worries? Wrong thinking and attitude towards people, circumstances, or things. Wrong thinking about an attitude about towards people, circumstances, or things. See, there is this brain of Christianity that we, we kind of grew up with or that we are accustomed to it's almost we are waiting for the wheels to fall off. We can never truly enjoy anything good. We get that from our parents. It's almost like we, as a people, we can never enjoy a time of peace, a time of joy, because we are so concerned about when it's going to go, when it's going to go. But, but, but see, that's not what Paul says in the text. He says, rejoice. See, see, wrong thinking and attitude towards people's circumstances or things cause us to worry. See, your business, as far as if it's not something that's spiritually, that that's going to impact you, if it's, if it's everything you do, if it's in line with God, then why am I, why am I so concerned? The only time I have concern about you is when you are away from what the gospel said. It concerns me if you renounce the faith. It concerns me if you no longer care for the spiritual things. It concerns me. But, but, but if you are in the will of God, in the plan of God, I'm only praying for you and praising God for you. Uh, You're not helping me. I'm not even in the sermon yet. You're not helping me. Um, then... 
God says, worry not. So if I'm worrying, it's a sin, is it not? Do you know why sin is a, do you know why worrying is sin? Worrying is sin simply because when we worry, what we do, we are displaying our lack of faith. We're displaying our lack of faith in the reality that, uh, of God and his ability to meet our needs. Uh, uh, um, let me pick on my kids um, without their permission. My daughter, every Friday, they have dress down day. It's a dollar. Um, people who know me, I don't carry cash. But I don't. I have my reason as to why I don't carry cash. Not because I don't want to give, because I lose cash. I don't carry cash. But my daughter will be like, on, Thursday, on Wednesday, Daddy, you have a dollar? You have a dollar? She worries about Friday in case I miss the dollar. So I have to go to Walmart or to something, to something, to buy something that I don't need for me to get cash back to get a dollar back. But she is worried whether or not I'm going to get the dollar, but what she knows, but she knows I have more than a dollar in the bank. But, but she's worrying that I'm going to forget to bring a dollar for her to go to school on Friday. And even though I said to her, I work at your school, if I miss the dollar, I can always bring it. But she's so worried about it. Y'all spiritually are like my daughter. Even though our Heavenly Father has everything, the world and all that it contains belongs to God. Even though God has everything, but you and I, we kept we keep worrying about a dollar. When our God owns cattle, you know, when our God owns everything in the world, we keep worrying. Worry, when we worry, what we said, we said, God, you are a liar because you are not able to, to do what you said you would do. Why do you keep calling God a liar? When we worry, we doubt God's ability and says, God, you are not alive. You are dead. Some people make Worrying a profession. Some people must find something and to worry about. And Paul says, don't worry. Do you know why you should not worry? Because God knows what you are facing. God knows what you've gone through. God knows what you are going through. And God knows what you're about to go through. And here's another reason why. God cares. God cares. God cares about what you go through in life. And here's the good news. God says, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel that you were all alone? Am I, am I, can you all hear me? Have you ever feel where... You are all by yourself. But somehow, some way, 
Just like the sun rise, but you feel that something is pushing you, someone is holding you. That's God, because you know why? He cares and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And God has promised to take care of you. Now, three things. In the text, there's prerequisite to overcome worry. Verse 4 and 5. Watch this. Verse 4 and 5. Um, this is what Paul says. Verse 4. Rejoice. It's up there. Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now, now, just so you guys know, the Bible don't repeat words just to repeat words. You know how in social media and, 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 and uh, um, Twitter you got X amount of character? The Bible is very specific on what they said. In one sentence, the word comes twice. Rejoice. So, so, so the prerequisite to overcome worry is to delight in God's grace because when you rejoice, you are delighting in God's grace. To, 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 to delight in God's grace is to just enjoy what you don't deserve but you receive, but you just get it. Thank you. I'm delighting, I'm enjoying, I'm rejoicing in something that I know I don't deserve but I receive anyways. In other words, for those of you, if your parents were to take away something from you, because you got punished. But, 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 but see, uh, like, like my grandma used to say to me, grace. My, my grandma said to my, to my dad, grace, grace. And, and then when my grandma would say grace to my dad, and my dad would reverse the decision that he had made in punishing me, instead of now punishing me, he blesses me. I got to delight. If, 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 if I want to overcome worry, I, I must delight in God's grace. Ah. Paul says rejoice, and rejoice simply means to be glad. Note that it's in the present tense. Rejoice, not rejoiced, but rejoice. Not I have rejoice. No, no, rejoice in the present tense. And this means that the believer is commended to go on and be glad in the Lord. You know how you walk with your head down? No, no. Walk with your head up and be glad in God. If you have breath, be glad in God. Now, let's face it. Much of life does not lend itself to our happiness. A lot of stuff you go through, it's not about your happiness But Paul, and, and, and Paul, we can take from Paul, when Paul wrote this letter, Paul was in where? In prison. How can you be in prison and say, rejoice? It's because of the peace of God. And, and, and watch this. Not only this, not only that, not only we, 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 we must delight in God's grace as we, we look at the prerequisites. But Paul also said in verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. In other words, you know what the word gentle means here? It literally, it's the word moderation. In other words, be patient with others. 
gentleness means gentle or gracious in spirit. In other, if, if, if I have to rejoice in God, then, then I can be patient with David. If, I, if, if, if I'm rejoicing in God, then I can be patient with Clevens. If I'm rejoicing in God, then I can be patient with my wife. I can be, I can be patient with the kids. See, we said we are rejoicing in God, but we have no patience with other people. We have to be patient with others. It doesn't mean that you compromise. What, what, what? Hear me well. I can be patient with you without, without having to compromise my values. Too many of us think that if I'm patient, look, I'm, I'm no enabler. If you do something that's wrong, I'm going to tell you to do something that's wrong, but I still love you. As a matter of fact, it's because I love you. That's what I'm telling you. Now, now hear me now. Don't be, don't be, don't be like the old zoes now. Say it with kindness. Say it with love. Again, gentleness. But you can still be wrong. I can, I can tell you that you were wrong. But I can, I have to be gentle. So, so my prerequisite for overcome worry is that I have to be glad in God and I also have to be patient with others. Be patient with others. Worries strangle the life out of us. Worry will choke life right out of us. So if I look at the prerequisite for worry, then the next thing is what protection that I have if I fail the prerequisite? What is my guarantee? What, 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 is there a plan for me if I fail the prerequisite? Am I, does that make sense to you guys? I mean, some of you, 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 you know how uh, um, you go to college or you, 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 you have to take a prerequisite course to take the next class. Not everybody can go straight to algebra. I want some people to take pre-algebra. Can I get a witness? You know, and some people are very smart. They take algebra, you know, straight through. But some people, you got to take pre-algebra. And some people take pre-pre-algebra. You know, not your pastor. Your pastor is decent in math. No, I'm just kidding. Um, see, see, Dave was the accountant. And Clevens, the finest guy, those guys, they go straight to algebra. People like me was like the literature kind of people. You, you go... You go into pre-algebra. I said this, if you take algebra out of school, I'll have a PhD by now. Amen? Y'all missed that. Um, so, if I fail the prerequisite, then what is it that I have? What protection do I have? Well, here, Paul said this, and, and, and next week I will preach on verse 7 and, and, and verse 8 and 9, we would see this. This is what the theologian Dr. Wisby said. It says this, right praying, right thinking, and right living. So, so then here, we're going to see right praying. And, and, and because there's certain way, there's certain way that if you have worries, and I promise you, I'm going to hasten to, to, go, to get the community table so we can be out of here. If I have worries, if I fail the prerequisite, then I can, there's a way that God made a provision for me, for you and I, 
to kind of get back into the worry-free life. You're with me? Um, prayer is the antidote to worry. Prayer is the antidote. You, you know how there's a COVID vaccine? Prayer is the vaccine to your worry. You know how there's a flu vaccine? Prayer is the vaccine to your worry. You know how when you have a, tal- when you have a headache, you take Tylenol? Prayer is a Tylenol to your headache. Prayer. Watch this. Verse 6. Verse 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Right? Um, that means you have tendency to be anxious about things. But in every situation, not some, not what I like, not what I don't like, but it says in every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. So, if we can't worry, then we got to pray. The act of prayer, instead of worrying, the child of God is to it is counsel to pray. The child of God has been told to pray. When Paul talks about praying, he uses three different words in this verse. He talks about prayer, supplication, and request. Now, an examination of each word is going to help us to get a clearer picture of this. Prayer, the word prayer is the general word for coming into God's presence. It carries the idea of our acknowledging God for who he is. Did you guys get that? Remember what I told you? When you worry, you say God is alive. God doesn't exist. If I'm praying, I can't worry because I'm acknowledging who God is. It speaks of adoration, worship, and devotion. It is the picture of a weak child seeking the attention of a powerful parent. Um, I have small kids. When they want something that's high, they don't try to jump and get it. They ask daddy. All my kids, even, even my oldest at this stage, is still daddy, pick me up. Pick me up. And, and the only way I can pick them up is because I am stronger than they are. My, my, my daughter would run towards me and just jump. And she can only do that because I am strong enough to carry her. Can I tell you something? Would you please run to God with whatever issues that it is and jump into his arm because God is strong enough to carry you? Petition. This word refers to an earnest sharing of our burdens, needs, and problems. It speaks not of a flippant prayer, but a prayer that rises, that arises out of our heart. This is where you find what they would call fervent prayer. Um, the fervency in prayer. And, and can I say something here for those of you who are watching online and then those of you who are here? Here, you don't pray to worry yourself. 
Here you are bringing your worries to God in prayer. You, you, you missed that. Some people have the tendency to pray themselves into worrying. As a matter of fact, there are some people, if they are not worrying, their spiritual life seems to be out of whack. But that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to bring your worry to him in prayer so you can function the way that he wants you to function. Ooh. I know. I, 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 God wants you to bring all your cares. You have a boyfriend issue, bring it to God. You have a girlfriend issue, bring it to God. You have money issue, bring it to God. You have parents issue, bring it to God. You have job issues, bring it to God. Not worrying about it. I, I don't get it how we call as Christians to live a worry-free life, but we find worry as a drug instead of something to get rid of. It makes no sense to me. God wants his children to pray, but he wants us to pray with passion about the things that move our hearts. If your children are your concern, then go to God with passion to, to, about your kids. But know this, you can worry all you want and nothing you can do, about your, anything you can do for your kids. Give God the kids in prayer. If your relationship is your concern, you can worry about it all you want. If anything, that's going to mess up the relationship even more. Give it to God in prayer. Petition or supplication. Prayer. And now we see request. The word refers to detailed prayer about specific issues. Um, you pray to God exactly about, I want to go to college. My parents are Haitian. They're not going to let me go too far away from them. You're getting this, right? So therefore, I want to have good grades. I'm going to study enough to have good grades. If it's FAU, FIU. FEMU, NOVA, UM, that I'm going to go through, then, then, you know, God's going to make a way for me to get in there so my parents won't have to worry about me and I can come back home for a home-cooked meal and my laundry can be done, amen. Y'all know you're not ready to be adulting. <laughs> I'm going to be specific about the request. Uh, um. I remember when I decided to stop dating. I, I said, I said, I remember this. I was talking to Pastor Clever. I said, I said, I said, I said, I said I'm, I'm done. I, I'm done. And Pastor Clever said, you should be done about this. I said, yeah. But he said, you have to change how you pray and your mindset. If you pray for a girlfriend, you're always going to have a girlfriend. But when you pray for your wife, your, you, you begin to see things differently. I begin to pray for our wife. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And God bless me with one. I, I, I move on. I move on. So, 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 when we think about praying, God gave us the formula upon which that we pray with prayer, with uh, um, petition, and with thanksgiving, 
We, Thanksgiving is that you saying thank you, thank you, thank you, because whatever it is, you already taken care of it. You're going to take care of it. So I ain't got to hold it no more. Thank you. Um, lastly, I'm done. Prerequisite to overcome worries. Prayer is the antidote to worry. And lastly, promises to stand on regarding worry. Promises to stand on regarding worry. Watch verse 7. Verse 7 says this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't miss what it says. There's something that's going to guard your heart and your mind. When you pray, when you rejoice, when you be good with others, and it says this, the peace of God is going to, the peace of God, not the peace that everybody gets, not the, the, the peace that transcends all understanding. In other words, the psychologist's understanding, the financier's understanding, um, let me talk to the older people for a moment. Have you ever been in a situation where your money is funny? You go to the bank, you, you know it don't add up. The lender said they want this, they want that. You, you know you, you don't have it. But God told you this is yours. Can, 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 am I speaking to anybody? Anybody? But God said this is you. You're just moving by faith. You're moving by faith. God says, no, no, you, go on, baby. Go, go on, baby girl. Go, go, go on, my son. But, but, but you know, that you, look, when they give the list, one, two, you, you, you fell, 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 fell. You, you, don't meet, you don't meet that requirement. But God says, go. Because you are obedient, you know if God said so, it is so. If God said so, it is so. So therefore, Huh? Because he said so. So, so, so therefore, I can be so. <laughs> um, so you just move on because if God made a promise, I'm trying, not to, I'm trying not to get too excited. If God made a promise, God is big and bad by himself to hold that promise. I, I keep telling you all this, my, my kids want me to make promise because they know that I'm trying my very best not to break my promise. And so therefore, you know, when I don't make a promise, you know what I said? We'll see about it. I'll let you know. But, but see, see, God, whoo, whoo, Holy Spirit, help me. See, God already made all the promises. They're in the Bible. So therefore, you need to start standing on God's promise. You need to look at your worries, your concerns, and look at what God promises vis-a-vis -vis your worries. Uh, somebody said you're ugly? Um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Somebody said, you're not qualified enough to be the manager. The Bible says, I'm the head but not the tail. Amen. Somebody, somebody said, you see all these things happening because you're bad? No, 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 no. All things work together for the good of those. Amen. Somebody said, um, you got yourself in this problem? Said, you can say, what the enemy meant for 
have to stand on God's promise. And God promised us his peace. Uh, um, Ukraine. I'm pretty sure America promised and the West promised in peace. <laughs> where, where, where is that right now? How's that going for them? But can I tell you something? If God promised you peace, you will have peace. So God promises peace. And God says this, this peace that he promises us will preserve us and it will keep us. Because he will guard, to God is to preserve, to God is to protect. You, you, you know, uh, um, when you live in a gated community, uh, um, you, you need a passcode to get in. And there's a security guard, not everybody can get in. You, 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 you live in Florida, most people live in a gated community. And you can't get in like that. You need access. But, but see, even though people live in a gated community, thieves still manage to get in. But can I tell you, when God says he's protecting you, you don't need to get a community because his angel armies are around you. He will guard your heart and your mind. And if there's something that troubles us, it is our mind. And it starts in our mind and it goes down to our hearts. Our mind, then our emotions are messing up because you start thinking. And that's why next week we're going to see that not only we have to do right praying today, but next week we're going to see right thinking and right living. And a sense of for us to to, to not to worry. Not only you have to pray properly, but you have to live and think properly. Um, uh, Y'all know I love hymns. Uh, um, the, the, the hymns standing on, on the promises. Um, the person who wrote it was named Russell Kelso Carter. Um, he was born in 1849. He died in 1928. He was a star athlete in the military, uh, military academy, and an excellent student um, that he was in school. He went on to be a successful teacher and a coach. He spent, uh, he spent several years as an ordained a Methodist minister, after which, watch this, he went to medical school. He spent the last years of his professional years as a doctor of medicine. Carter was also a musician and a songwriter. In 1886, he co-edited Songs of Perfect Love with John Sweeney, who wrote the music for, 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 for such beloved song as Beulah Land and Feel Me Now. The hymn book included Carter's most famous hymn, Standing on the Promises. Although Carter was a professed Christian most of his life, it wasn't until a crisis with his natural heart that he began to understand the reality of the power of the Bible promises. At the age of 30, his health was in critical condition, and the physician could do no more for him. Carter turned to God for help and healing. He knelt and made a promise that healing or not, his life was finally and forever fully consecrated to the service of the Lord. It was from that moment that he wrote the word of God, that the written word of God became alive to Carter. He began to stand upon the promises of healing, determining to believe no matter what his physical condition was, no matter what, no matter how he felt. Over the course of the next several months, his strength returned. And his heart 
was completely healed, Carter lived another 49 healthy years. The hymn Carter had written several years before his healing miracle became more than words and music to him. Standing on the promises become an integral part of his life. Here, here, here's some of the, some of the, some of the words of the, the songs. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal edges, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Y'all know how it goes, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. He goes on to say this, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. He didn't stop there. He continues to say this, standing on the promises, now I can see perfect, present, cleansing in the blood for me, standing in the liberty where Christ makes free, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Y'all can go and, and, and read the whole song, but you know the idea here is that if God said so, it is so because he said so. So if God said so because it is so, because he said so, so then I can be so. So here it is. How do we apply the sermon? Take God at his word. That's it. Take God at his word. Um, my favorite block of passage in the whole scripture, Matthew 6, 25-34. You know what it says? Don't worry. Don't worry. And you know who's saying this? Jesus. He says, don't worry. You know what it says? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow ain't in your, none of your business. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow have his own trouble. Enjoy today for today. Each day has enough trouble of his own. He says, don't you worry about tomorrow. What you worry about tomorrow for? He says, but you worry about tomorrow. You cannot add not even an hour to your life. But we keep worrying about tomorrow. You worry about whether you find a bay or boo. Guess what? Leave that to God. That's, that's God's business. Now, God may not send you a tall, dark, and handsome. Make sure you're sh sh short, stocky, and handsome. But, you know, take what God gives you. Amen? Amen. Don't worry about tomorrow. And it says this, it says, pagans worry about tomorrow. You worry about how school's going to be paid. What's, that's not your problem. That's, God says you're going to go to school, then God's going to find a way to pay for it. God says you're going to get that house, God's going to find a way to pay for it. God says you're going to get that car, God's going to find a way to get, to, before you get for it. God says your mom's going to get healed, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Don't worry about it, just be. Simply because God is. You know what, you know what verse 33 says in, in, in Matthew? It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything that you worry about, God says, if you seek me, you're going to find it. Um, I close with this. In August 2010, the Associated Press reported the story of, 70, of a 75-year-old Ron Steeden of Brewster, Massachusetts, who was suffering from failing health. 
difficulty breathing and aggravated coughing spells. Test shows an ominous dark spot on his lung, which he concluded was probably cancer. Though Stephen himself feared the worst, his doctor told them that tests were inconclusive and only exploratory surgery could prove definitive. Upon removal of the mass, lab work concluded it was nothing more than an aspirated pea which had sprouted in the dark, moist environment of his lung. Needless to say, Stephen was greatly relieved to know that the certain doom he projected would now would not come to pass. Don't dread the unknown. Wait on God. Sometimes what looks like a terrifying dark spot is really just a piece sprouting. Unfounded speculation of what God has in store for us can prove to be dipped, dark environment in which fears and anxiety are left to grow unchecked. But Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, thanksgiving, prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Would you bow and pray with me? We all can be honest that we need some peace. We need some peace and worry or robbing of our peace. But we're going to pray what, what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. For the peace of God to transcend that transcends all understanding to guard our hearts and mind so that we won't have to worry. And we know that no matter what it is, we can take it to God in prayer. There's a song that says, what peace we often forfeit, all because we don't take it to God in prayer. I want to give you about a minute or so for you to pray for yourself. For you to simply say, God, I'm bringing it all to you. All my worries, all my angst, all my concerns, I'm taking it all to you in prayer. Pray in your heart. Pray out loud if you want to. Those of you online, pray. Those of you listening on the radio, pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. 
Thank you for reminding us not to worry. And thank you for teaching us the right way to pray and a way for us to get rid of our worries and anxiety. Father, we know that the prerequisites is joy, is to be glad in you, is to be patient with others. But Father, sometimes we know that we are not glad in you because issues comes and trying to rob our peace and our joy. And Lord, sometimes we let minor things with others mess our spirit. But Father, we thank you for the fact that we can take it all to you in prayer. Even when we fail the prerequisite, we can still take it to you in prayer. So Lord, hear our hearts. Hear our hearts cry that we're bringing it all to you. We're not forfeiting it tonight, but we're bringing it all to you. All of it to you. All of it to you. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard and protect our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.